you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear... Now, it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man, I'm sorry. You know what, I'm not sorry about that. But you're not going to do it anyway, so go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. Hey, and I'm Joel. Today, we're going to be talking about superhero jobs, a.k.a. the mundane vocations of your favorite superheroes. Or at least mm, that's what mm. I'm alternately titling it. I'm playing <laughs> with the idea of, like, giving these shows, like, going the old uh, English professor route, where it's like, give it a catchy title and then a clunky explanation of that title. Uh, just to see how it goes. I, I dig know. it. I dig it a lot. So It's yeah, like if it's this fun. was the essay, that would be the title for exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about superhero jobs. The jobs that our favorite superheroes uh, have so that they can, I don't know, make a living and or pretend to be humans. That too. And, and again, to, you know, build on the whole essay theme there. What did the jobs say about the individual hero, the times in which they were created, and how they have changed to reflect the modern world? Very good. Very good. That's an excellent. I would give the I would give you points for that title alone. <laughs> you see, this is the thing. The main goal of Elseworlds Exchange is so you know teachers to play us in their classrooms at some point. <laughs> yeah, they will be like they'll be uncomfortable. They're like well, I'm sure they will. That's a that was a weird show. They really cursed in this one. Damn it. <laughs> hey, remember Voodoo? She was a stripper. That was a job. <laughs> Let's just get right into it, All damn right. it. Voodoo from Wildcats, you mean? Mm-hmm. And briefly, New 50. Yeah, she was. In the New 52, they made her a stripper, an alien right. stripper. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense in as much as she dresses like one. <laughs> mm. I mean, but don't they all? No, it's, uh, I mean, like, I don't know enough about Voodoo's character to really be Neither like, oh, I. that makes sense. I think she's like another alien empath or something. It was it was very weird. It was like one of those things whenever people would make lists of like the top 10 things wrong with the new 52 that was on there. Not not to disparage any any sex workers or any women oh, in the no. adult well, entertainment I, industry. Oh, 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 it's a rough gig. Stripping is not sex work, my friend. That is hard damn work, as Sam reminded us. Stripping is a hard job. I actually yeah. just watched a Felicia Day video uh, the other day where she was... She was doing the pole dancing. She was mm. learning how to do that. And I was like, this is very interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying this video for on a lot of levels, really. Uh, <laughs> it's, on, it's, on, it's hard stuff. Like, you got to be in shape for it. Here's the thing. Like, we make fun. You know, like, it's like I'm really enjoying this on an erotic level. But, like, if you were to throw me on a pole and be like, do anything they did, I would just be sweating. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, and Tell I wouldn't be able to accomplish it. And while That's I appreciate true. it, I also am like, yeah, but, like, yeah, but I'm not going to... The problem with uh, with stripping is, uh, and, and how good you might be at the pole, I'm never going to see it because I don't go to strip clubs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a, there's a place not too far from me. They actually sent me one of their cards. Uh, they have Stripping? like a super... Yeah, they have a superhero theme night. 
that's cool. There is that's very cool. There is a uh, there is a strip joint. I want or a gentleman's club, you might say, that is connected to this topic because in it, it's in kind of my neck of the woods. It's called the Daily Planet. Oh shit! Really? And uh, I looked it up, and it don't look like no newspaper office. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, how, how do they not get sued? Does DC and Warner Brothers not own the rights to Daily Planet, I mean, like, or is it listen, just so common? Listen, if you were to call your newspaper the Daily Planet, you might have a problem. But if you call your strip club the Daily Planet, <laughs> it's like, eh, it's kind of like we're we're not really going to have a lot of crossover. Here. <laughs> now, if it were yeah. a superhero themed strip joint called the daily planet where you got to be in like different like instead of the champagne room you were in the danger room and like, oh. there were different themed areas you would get me to go to a strip club at least once for me to go like this is really the, the dedication is key you know and, and they only have superhero themed cocktails give me a green lantern give me a gamma bomb the, a gamma bomb and that, that's where the that's where the bros get uh and of course uh what's it called like all the all the ladies would have to have like it would be more like a burlesque show in that they would like theme their outfits, but uh, those are things too. I know a few women who are in uh, burlesque shows and whatnot, and they do have superhero themes. Yes, I too have. Uh, I've seen them. I've never been to one. I've seen some. A couple of my friends, uh, well, associates or acquaintances, are in burlesque shows, and they like show video from their performances, and I'm like, right on. <laughs> There's a there's a traveling show in Austin. It's called uh, Lucha Vavoom. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. <laughs> it, it is a crazy combination of burlesque show, uh, luchador wrestling, and stand up comedy. I'm down. I'm in. I mean, like that I'm sounds. Like, like I love all three of those. That things. sounds like you're getting a lot for your money. Like it really does. It's quite the ticket price. Um, mm. By the way, in the super chat, getting Arthur with a lobster is here. He says, "Nice topic today. Maybe a show on the evolutions of science fiction from pulp classics of robots and mm. spacemen to the rise of the superhero and what that could be beyond the horizon for the genre." I agree. Uh, it's definitely like it's pop culture topics inform the zeitgeist, oh, yeah. and superheroes reflect that in a big bad way, or they help to turn it on its ear or or inspire it themselves. It's really it's really dependent on what is catching or what is more prone to catch in the culture. Luna Dragon in the chat says, hey, Stripperella. Yeah, that's right. She was also a stripper and a superhero, as was Barbed Wire, kind of. Was Barbed Wire a stripper? Was it just like she dressed like one and Pam Anderson performed her in a movie? I guess. Although, as I recall in the opening of Barbed Wire, she does some form of striptease. That's right. I believe the opening credits are her, like, gyrating. It's her flash dance moment. Yes. Uh, which is, if you watch the director's cut, rather entertaining. So, uh, getting into the vocations of superheroes, we talked about a voodoo as a stripper. We've seen many different types of strippers. Um, if you want to know what a stripper LA is, by the way, just YouTube it, because there was a cartoon show created by Stan Lee that yep. I believe was voiced by Pam Anderson, and you can check that out anywhere. Yep, that's a thing. But, that was uh, a project that happened. But yeah, jobs. Uh, some of these superheroes and, the, and their jobs. I mean, like, I guess we should talk about, like, the jobs that no one can have. Like, billionaire industrialist. Playboy philanthropist, yeah. Yeah, like, Bruce Wayne doesn't really have a job. Um, his job is, like, I guess he's technically just an inheritance child. Like, he doesn't yeah, really he's, have... Yeah, he's a trust fund kid. He, he manages the affairs of the Wayne Foundation. Exactly. But does he really even? I feel no. like Lucius does that. 
Yeah, Lucius does that. Alfred books all of his appointments. He is Batman 24-7, even when he's not Batman. Granted, in some eras, they do make a point of him being like, oh, I've got a very important board at the Waynes. Yes, I need to sit and listen, and, you know, I need to go down to R&D. Yeah, never does uh, does, does Bruce Wayne do that. Unless, like, <laughs> unless people get suspicious, and then he, like, shows up. Unless it's very important to the story that he needed to be at that meeting. Yeah, because that's the thing. Batman's real job is being anywhere, anytime, and uh, implementing justice. Yeah. Green Arrow, similarly, another uh, philanthropist, rich kid, industrialist, although they often take his money away a bunch and he just kind of does nothing. Right. It's not like, it's not like Green Arrow is like, oh, like Moon Knight, who sometimes he's a cabbie, like he's a taxi driver, but other times he's a billionaire. And he's got money, and he's just, like, enjoying himself. Like, Ollie Queen, I wish Ollie Queen had, like, a blue-collar job that he mm. also did, at, like, as his, you know, alter ego. That'd be kind of cool. That's Well, that's kind of his dichotomy there. It's like, you know, I fight for the little guy against the fat cats and the 1% while also being 1%. Right. And also, you... like, I don't, I can't really afford to work and fight for you. So, like, you know, you're just going to have to do me a solid. Did, did you know back in the Golden Age, back in like the Earth One stuff that's kind of been retconned away now, when Green Arrow first appeared, he was a history professor with like a doctorate in Native American studies, which was why <laughs> the bow and arrow and all this other what? stuff. I did not know yes, that. That is nuts. That's true. That's Ain't that messed up? It's almost like, huh, I wish they could have kept that a little bit. But then at the same time, it's like, oh, a white guy repurposing a bunch of Native American tools and everything. Yeah. Well, I, I think they kind of like they, they kind of slowed that down and then impl- applied the like anglo-saxon kind of like robin hood theme like okay what are, what are some like more some less culturally dicey inspirations for bows and arrows i guess we'll just do robin hood yeah that's fine and again as, as we've mentioned before roy gets the native american theming but only because he was adopted by a native american tribe and family and everything so he right. gets a reason to have it uh by the way andrew weber in the super chat says i like invincible's dad who's a novelist I don't know many like creative vocations that a lot of these create like, these characters have. Um, so novelist is cool, and uh, and once again another hard job to get. Hmm. Getting artsy with a lobster uh, to the green arrow thing. How better to know and fight your enemy than to be entrenched with them? Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, it's true. That's pretty solid. He's kind of like uh, he's kind of got like a Count of Monte Cristo, like a Scarlet Pimpernel thing going right. on. <laughs> Um, it's funny, somebody mentioned Booster Gold in the chat. I like to liken Booster Gold as being the NASCAR equivalent of a superhero. <laughs> where, like, especially in 52, where he's just covered in logos. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I'm a whore. That's like, my job. <laughs> I'm a corporate shill. I go out, I drive fast in a circle, and I wear your logos, and that's how I get paid. You know, <laughs> like, I, it's, except instead of driving fast... I, I, I go into burning buildings and save, like, kittens. And sometimes I set those buildings on fire. Yeah, but only sometimes. Hey, here's something that always uh, stuck out to me. Uh, what is it? Uh, the Green Lantern, who was an illustrator for oh, a bit. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Rayner. It's interesting that, you know, comics are created by writers and artists and creatives and everything. It's funny that a lot of them don't have, like, you'd think they'd write what they know. It's interesting we don't see more illustrators no, in comics. that's actually a really good point. Kyle Rayner, being a graphic artist and, like, a just a young, hungry, working artist, uh, expressing himself artist- artistically, yeah. 
is what was a relatively new notion and a great new concept that they had not really applied to the formula. And yet all of them, like all of their create, all of these superheroes creators dude did that job. Like they were hunched over a desk, either writing or drawing. And yet they never wrote what they knew. They never did that. I I feel like it was almost like a, uh, like an expression of what their parents were disappointed. They didn't do. I guess. I think it's why we see a couple of lawyers involved. Because it's like, man, my mom and dad really wanted me to be a lawyer. But I won't be because I'm creating comic books. But my (laughs) character, Matt Murdock, can be a lawyer and that'll work out just as well. (laughs) Sure can. To the point now where Charles Soule was a lawyer before he became a comic writer. And now he's infusing that into Daredevil's uh, crime fighting and stories, which I think is cool. I really like that. I like the idea of them kind of trying to make their jobs more realistic. I know that like Clark Kent becoming a reporter for the Daily Planet, it works for his character because he needs to be there to know when the news is happening right at that moment so he can go and stop it or save the save the day. Um, but we don't really see like a realistic portrayal of the newsroom. And I don't know if that's true or not. Like, cause I, I'm not a newsman. I never really grew up in that environment, nor have I really visited those places, but I almost want to believe that like, I, I want to believe that it was like that, you know, where it's yeah. like the good reporters just went out and just created like, you know, just, just got the story and then came back and like had to yell, stop the presses. And, and <laughs> the, the, they, their... they found the news. They sniffed it out. They followed their nose. Exactly. They had noses for news. It's, it's funny, too, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Clark Kent working for the planet and Lois and everything. I'm surprised in this day and age we live now to bring to how, you know, these jobs have changed to reflect times. You know, we saw him from being a paper guy to they did TV for a little bit. Yeah. To now doing mostly Internet stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen a modern story where Clark Kent Superman tries to tackle all the stuff that's happening now with news and like the prevalence of fake news and everything. You would think that would really bug the shit out of Superman, wouldn't it? There is a uh, in Superman Grounded. There's a there, it's it's not a tackling the fake news situation, but it is tackling the issue of like bloggers and like non uh research news or like mm-hmm. counter news right and it's really really on the nose and kind of offensive and stupid but like Is it? yeah like they get this blogger and he gets more hits than the daily planet and so they bring him in and they like i think they give him a job or something i don't remember it's really stupid it's like a like a perez hilton stand-in type guy yes exactly uh or or in our frame of reference like a rich johnson type character ah uh, but uh, I don't know if he was around. Dur- no, he was around during uh, during Grounded. But I don't know if if Straczynski would have definitely worked Johnson into <laughs> into his comics if he could. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Also, like we haven't really talked about like the jobs and how they reflect each other. But since we talked about Superman, like it's no coincidence that he works for the planet and he like. <laughs> and he's like a member of this team and he's all like his work is so good and always gets front page material and so he's saving the planet every time he like goes out there and saves the planet like he he, he fights for truth and justice both in his day job and in his night job exactly um and it's funny how he it's funny how his the like the love of his life is a news person as well yeah and she is better at it than him oh yeah like she's a better 
reporter. She has she has a better ear, a nose, an eye for news and for catching these stories. And you know, like we always hear like how Clark's a great writer. You know, he's a he's a better he's a better writer than Lois, but Lois is a better news person. And I want to say right. that's like. Like Clark is really good at approximating humanity, but Lois is a person. Like Lois, is a yeah, human yeah. Being. I mean, maybe that's like a you know that we could we could like we could analyze that for hours. But uh, I, I can only imagine Clark Kent's writing is very like you know a Prairie Home Companion. I'm sure very NPR. Yeah, you know it's funny. I was just thinking about I was just thinking back to the whole like artists and how we don't get to see many of those. But Captain America's an artist. That's right. He's an illustrator. He was for a little bit when he uh, came back and lived in Brooklyn, right? That was his day job cover. I didn't even know. I, I like this is how much I how little I knew about Captain America when I got back into comics during Civil War and everything. I was reading a uh, I think it was a New Avengers Civil War book and uh, Captain America was like Steve was just like everything is going wrong. But like I want you to focus and draw and just just draw this one thing and I remember Tiffany read it. She was like, this is really, really good. Like, this really mm. does represent what it's like to be an artist and how, like, you're trying to, like, cancel out all the noise and just focus on one thing and drawing that one thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that makes sense because also, number one, Bendis wrote it. Number two, yep. when Bendis first got into comics, he thought that you had to be a writer and an artist. This is true. And uh, I, I want to say either he thought that or he was like, you get more money if you do that. <laughs> that uh, doesn't hurt And either. I'm sure one version of the truth is, it, it, you know, is gets gets more light on it as he gets older. But, like, uh-huh. uh, the fact is, Bennis knows what it's like to be an artist because he he's drawn stuff. And uh, so it's kind of cool to see, like, an artist kind of infusing that real world experience like we talked about into the totally. character. They, uh, they keep Cap's our, uh, love of art alive in the movies, too. He's sketching in First Avenger and then, you know, deleted. he... Oh, gee, was that a deleted it's scene? It's always a deleted scene. like the scene where he's... Uh, uh, no, the, the uh, in First Avenger, there it, we, we see him as a... Like where he draws himself as a dancing monkey. Right. That's still in the movie. But I think he's drawing at the diner with the cute waitress in front of Stark Tower. Yeah, and, and then that's his, a deleted scene. it well, is, and he talks about like moving back to the old neighborhood and stuff in Age of Ultron, which is where they drop reference. Where it's like, yeah, he used to live there and he used to draw. That was his old canon. Yeah, yeah, I really like that, and I like that they kept it and used it in the movies. That's really cool. It was a nice touch. Then, of course, you know, he has his other career as professional soldier, professional war fighter, and that how tiring that can become. It's true. It's true. They never because really there's never had, not a conflict. Yeah, he never just like doodles anymore. He should go back to doodling. That should be his new thing. When when he gets his mind fixed, when Kobik flips the switch, he should be like, yeah, I'm going to go back to drawing now. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. That, that, that's his therapy. That's like his way out of it. His psychiatrist like, draw what you feel, Steve. Okay. I, you know, it's not much of a stretch for any of these creators to jump in and be like, okay, I'm going to make Captain America more of an artist again because, like, I'm sure you could create some really nice parallels between what he's doing and, and him wanting to create and draw and stuff like that. I'm trying to create a better world on paper before I can create it in the real world. Something All like I that. All was destroy, and now I just want to create, and like you know, that kind of thing. Dude, dude, that could be the final page right there. He pulls out an easel, he pulls out a brush, yeah. and he's just like, you know what? Yeah. If he were to go to jail, it's just him alone in a prison cell, just drawing. It's just like, doodling. I haven't had a vacation in in eighty years. <laughs> uh, Shit. RNDS twenty four says, "Rest in peace, vindicators." Like, I'm done. <laughs> Love the podcast, by the way. Thank you. 
Screw the Vindicators. Friggin' Vindicators. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad we both agree on that. Uh, hey, <laughs> speaking of Cap, uh, his buddy Sam had a really important job to his yeah. creation. He was a social worker. That is so apropos, that character. It's, like, ridiculous. It's um, almost too perfect. I wonder, because he's going back to being Falcon now, I wonder, will he also go back to being a social worker? That's a good question. By the way, I have well, a friend he, who is a social worker. and it's hard work. It's a hard, it's a hard, shitty job. It's a thankless crap. It's like... It's all the it's it's all the bullshit of being a teacher with no health benefits. <laughs> Ugh, that's rough. Yeah, screw that. But uh, but I like the idea of I could see Sam Wilson, especially especially Spencer Sam Wilson, jumping right back into it. No question. That would be fun. And also, you know, I could see something where it's like, hey, you know what? If I see you hurting kids or doing something, I'll be back. But as the Falcon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, hey, what about superheroes? Whose job it is to just be a superhero? People who just that like, is me. That is a subgenre. This is my jo- this this is my job. Like like Luke Cage. I'm Unbreakable Skin. How about uh I I have Unbreakable Skin for a living. I'm a hero for hire. Do you do you need someone to go into a rough situation for you? I'll do it for money, yeah. but only sometimes. I think he is a hero for hire, but most of the time he doesn't actually take the money, so he's not very good at his job. No, he's not. It, it, it's hard. It was like uh, the Ghostbusters cartoon where it's like. They were more like firemen than businessmen, and in the mm. in the very beginning of the show, they like they would hu- they would hustle their clients for money. But like after a while, they would just respond to ghost emergencies. And I never saw any money changing hands in those shows. And I was like, "Isn't this a business? You guys are just giving away your job for free? Like, come on!" Shit, that's a job Luke Cage should have. He should be a firefighter by day. Holy shit! Yeah, absolutely. Just just because nothing can in. hurt him. Yeah. Just bust into a building, maybe knock it down, or cra- grab the inca- inhabitants. Set a couple of like, I, I don't know. I just, I just imagined there was this technology where it's like set one of those, you know, def- uh, one of those fire retardant bombs. You know, those bombs. Yeah. It's like a smoke screen, but it explodes uh, flame retardant chemicals. They make those, right? I, I have no idea. I don't know why I just came up with this random thing where it's like, yeah, they make those, right? Of course they do. They're called do, fire do, grenades. They don't. Fu- they, they're or anti-fire grenades. Speaking of heroes as firefighters, in the Justice League Beyond universe, when Superman got so old, he had to obviously leave the Clark Kent identity behind because yeah. Lois had died and everyone he knew died. He had to Highlander it basically and pick a new identity. Mm-hmm. He became a futuristic firefighter and did basically exactly what you're talking there you about. Go. That makes perfect sense. It's like, man, I hope that like Steve comes to this one because we all, it always goes smoothly and we never have to do anything. Yeah, although, you know, I could only imagine if Luke Cage did become a firefighter, you'd have all the other firefighters outside getting jealous. It's like, oh, freaking Luke getting all the credit for the job, running in and saving everybody before we get a chance to. Luke will still need to use all the, like, firefighting equipment. He would still need, like, a respirator and stuff because, like, he may have unbreakable skin, but he doesn't have unbreakable lungs. That's true. He can inhale the shit out of smoke. I always imagine, too rich buddy danny floats him a couple loans here and there for saving his life who is yeah. another rich industrialist absolutely oh yeah he's an industrialist too that's like i feel like that's like the easiest thing where it's like i don't know what he can do but they need money so i'll just make them independently wealthy i here's the thing like i know what queen industries does i know what wayne uh industries does i have no idea what the Rand corporation does most of the time I, honestly have no idea they probably just like they they make the off-brand version of whatever wayne and uh, and stark make <laughs> yeah i guess so they make the zune of the marvel universe they don't make the ipod They're like listen people good people need zunes um you know what's the job that i always was really fascinated by but i was i was it's janet van dyne's job 
She's, oh yeah, she was a fashion designer. I love that about her. I think that's really cool, and I like that if you work that into the continuity of the Avengers, it's like that's why the Avengers kept changing costumes over the years. Yeah. Like Janet's like, okay guys, I got new costumes for y'all. Like here you go. That's Look, that look is so out, everybody. I will not be seen with you unless you are trendy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I really want a like. I I really, as a fan of Project Runway and superhero costumes, I always wanted to see like a Janet Van Dyne book where she just redesigns like superhero costumes. And by the way, just tossing us out there, I watched uh, I think six or seven seasons of Project Runway, <laughs> and I, like it, this is during the time when Marvel was an independent corporation looking to get like get footholds in pop culture. I'm like, mm-hmm. where the hell was the redesign a Marvel costume challenge in Project Runway? That's like, true. That would have been some shit. And literally, the show is they do this. It's, it's every episode. Tim Gunn, the and but one of the guest judges is Joe Casada. And like that's the episode, and they just re and just have fashion designers look at superhero costumes and go, "How does this work? And how do it I make it?" It seems happen? like a no brainer. And yeah, I mean, like Tim Gunn was in an Iron Man comic. Oh yeah, no, Tim Gunn is a comic book fan. There's a there's a video out there. I think there's at least two videos out there. You turned me on to that one. Yeah, it, it is it is a crime that a we didn't do it. B that it's not as good as it should be. Uh, where Tim Gunn critiques superhero costumes, and you'd be surprised at what he likes and what he doesn't like. He's got a hell of an interesting viewpoint and insight to it. And it actually kind of informs mine. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting perspective, because, like, I love the black costume for Spider-Man. He hates it because it's so underdeveloped. Yeah, He's yeah, like, I remember him going It's just a logo. Up. That's it. There's nothing there to it. And I'm like, yeah, but I like that. Like, I like that, because I like the McFarlane Spider-Man, where it's like, it's red and blue and bright and everything, but like even McFarlane managed to find a fuckload of shadows and just <laughs> to put, put them on in a it. corner, make him a make him a creature of the night. I always like that. So I, I, he just has a can that says shadows on it that he pours on. Yeah, I, I I agree to disagree with Tim Gunn on the black costume, but it's a really really fun video. So just type Tim Gunn with two N's and uh, superhero costumes, and you'll find it. But uh, but yeah, fashion designing. That's like I really want to see more of that in. Um, in, in comics. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't want to see that. I just like it. Yeah. I, I think I had a pitch once for like where it's like, you know, uh, like who is the fashion equivalent of like the tinkerer when it's like, oh, whenever villains need new costumes, they go to this guy, the tailor, and he makes them stuff. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Straczynski created a character in his run and he retconned that like there's this old Jewish fellow in the city who makes costumes for villains and heroes. See, I love that. And he's like, I have to be impartial. And Spider-Man's like, that's bullshit. And it's funny because I think Spider-Man's like the only one who isn't on his list. Like, they all kept it a secret from him. (laughs) And then he eventually gets wind of it. And of course, when Spider-Man finds out about it, like, there's a problem. Like, a supervillain decides to, like, rough him up. And then, like, everything gets screwed up. It's really cool. But, like, there needs to be, like Colin said, like, we need an Edna mode character. I know. in the Marvel Universe. And it could be Janet. If a Wasp book doesn't sell, maybe a really, really just, like, well-executed, you got like a, get, like, somebody like Kevin fucking Wada to draw Oh, it, yeah. Where it's, like, it's all he's already a, an amazing artist that draws beautiful clothing on beautiful women. Like, just just do that. Huh. Oh, 
I'd be all about that. You know, it's but I know you didn't watch the last season of Venture Brothers, but they basically parody that guy, only he's a little Italian guy who's a suit maker, and they have a great joke where a guy is standing there who's clearly Norman Osborne says, Yes, do you have this in green chain mail? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what is uh, up so, with that? Someone brought up a Zatanna too. Now that's how you do it. Make your day job a reflection of your superhero job. I'm a magician in both. Yeah, and so I can do my passion and my work at the same time. That's true. Uh, if you if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life, as they say, which is of course horseshit. But still, I do like the idea of Zatanna being like, "No, I'm a magician. At the end of the day, that's what I do." They even have a great bit in there too. I think it was in Justice League where she's like, "Look, I throw some of the traditional tricks in there where I'm actually doing it. I only use like actual magic just on the side." Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, I was just thinking about. Uh, you know, we talked about, like, how uh, there are a lot of, like, high-profile jobs, like, industrialist and, uh, you know, like, billionaire and stuff. But we also have, like, there we've had a couple, we got a couple of actors, we got a couple of, like, musicians yeah. and pop singers. That's um, true. Dazzler, Dazzler Wonder Man. Da- like, what if Taylor Swift was a superhero? Like, You think John, that would be really popular? I think that's, that's a killer show. Or that's a killer book slash show. Like, there should be a Dazzler book that really works. Because... If Katy Perry's stupid movie is any indication, <laughs> like there is a a desire from the culture at large for like a inside look at pop stars, and if you mm. make them also a superhero, like all the better, more fun. Like why not? Hell, hell they they did it for Black Canary for a bit. They made her a rock star out of nowhere for the majority of oh, DCU. Spider Gwen. That too. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, it's all, it's, you're almost there, but you literally have a character who is a pop star slash superhero. Just, just go the full nine and make, make Dazzler work. I, I love that, uh, what is it, Spider-Gwen is a drummer at the end of the day, because I'm always thinking of, like, that bit. Oh, God, what was it from? Uh, I think it was Get Him to the Greek, where it's like, look, the drummer always gets fired first. All they do is hold the beat. That's all they do. <laughs> Never fall in love with a drummer. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, Carl reminded me that Stargirl was apparently a pop star. Oh, is she really? I didn't know. Yeah, I forgot what her job was. But, yeah, like Brian suggested, like like Hannah Montana meets Spider-Gwen, that kind of book. I don't know if I want to go Hannah Montana, but I would. But I like the idea. Like, I like the idea of there just being like Taylor Swift sometimes puts out fires and say and fights Doctor Doom. Like, yeah. she just goes out like like Iron Man, but they sing. Yeah, you know the, the the chat also mentioned there. It's funny more superheroes aren't cops. Dick Grayson was like a cop rescue worker for like a minute. Yeah, and I can imagine that like when that was started, Dick Grayson was like. I'm going to stick it to Bruce. I'm going to do the job that he was afraid to do. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's hard and it's bullshit and corrupt. Dick has probably had more jobs than just about anyone. Acrobat, sidekick, uh, trust fund kid, circus owner, cop, bartender, college student, doc doc worker, um, super spy. Yes. And super spy is a job. Somebody asked earlier if a CIA agent is a job. And yes, it is. Ask Tom King. Yeah, those those agents of Shield guy, they're at work. That's what they do. They're they bringing paid. home a paycheck. It's hard work, and it's maybe maybe you get to meet Sif, but like you get paid for that job. Mm-hmm. Heck, even uh, what is it? Even freaking Amanda Waller, she's a she's a civil servant. She's a government worker. That's like her actual thing. It's true. It's true. Um, what about uh, Simon Williams as an actor? And he, but like, see something like a like a Wonder Man book, which is funny because that like we were uh, like Wonder Man 
his his solo series, which I really liked the idea behind, sold like garbage and only made it like I think twelve issues. Mm. Uh, but the concept of like I'm a superhero, like I'm literally out there. You know my name, and sometimes I play a superhero. Like I play a superhero in a movie, and sometimes I am a superhero in real life. It'd be like if Chris Evans is like, no, yeah. screw it, I'm gonna fight bad guys too. Like. I'm going to start fighting, which I am fully supporting Chris Evans <laughs> if he wants to put on a costume and go out and fight crime by night. I'm okay with this. Right, exactly. But uh, but yeah, I, I like the idea of there just being like high-profile superheroes. I don't want them all to do that, but I do like the idea of like there being some characters that are like, where we get to blend the high-profile celebrity with uh with superheroes because superheroes are celebrities i mean look at the fantastic four their job you beat me to it that was coming down sorry because like their job is being the fantastic four (laughs) that's literally what they do they wake up in the morning and they're fantastic four they go to bed at night and they're the fantastic four their job is stealing technology from other dimensions and then patenting it here and then selling it to people (laughs) and just super sciencing it all over the place uh yeah jessica jones private investigator that's a that's a pretty good gig for a superhero especially someone with her skills yes even though she's kind of horrible at it Eh, a little bit i mean like she gets the job done kind of (laughs) but like she she's literally just like if a really really drunk buff dude decided to also like ingratiate themselves in people's lives when they didn't want them to like yeah um we talked about lawyers, uh, but like Daredevil, She-Hulk. That's I right. I like the idea that there are a couple of lawyers in the same universe. As there should be. Uh, Donald Blake used to be a doctor, but now we don't really see Donald Blake anymore. No, because he doesn't. He's not really a person. I don't know. Although I mean, I guess the night nurse not technically a superhero, but she is part of the superhero community and a doctor. Yes, agreed, agreed. Um, what was it? Uh, oh yeah, we didn't talk about Spider-Man and the many jobs he's had. Uh, the, photo- photographer, web designer, CEO. What what am I missing? A teacher. That's right. He was a teacher. And by the way, like when it like his evolution, Peter Parker being like, I work like I'm a 15 year old boy, and he and I take pictures of Spider Man. It wasn't like he had a a passion for photography. He just took pictures of himself because he knew there were, there was money in it. Um, that was was parlayed into like a kind of like staff freelance job mm. um, where he was just called when they needed a, a, a person to take pictures. Um, and then uh, sometime like in the 80s and 90s, he decided to go back to school and he became like a graduate assistant. And I think he got a stipend for that as well. There you go. Um, That's how he's painted. <laughs> Nimrod Candace says he was a wrestler too for a minute. Yeah, he was. He was. And in fact, like there are some issues that cover that like where he he was a wrestler and he was paid under the table and like they in fact in the regular canon he tried to like cash his check and they were like uh, your spider-man is not a, an identity like and he's like no no, no <laughs> i can prove him spider-man I, I look i'm on the wall they're like nope get out of here damn it um but i loved him becoming a teacher that was for me like a big evolution of the character because it was like he it- it makes sense. He's always prized education and science and everything else. Yeah, and like he's smart and intel. Like he he's he's a kind of super genius, but like not really. And or at least he wasn't back then. Mm. And he but he was smart enough where it's like I don't need to really like. And we and there was a shortage of teachers back then, particularly in science. And mm. so they were like, we need a science teacher. And the science teacher that was working there was like a real like crappy teacher, which is like. Not stretching the reality situation <laughs> at all. And Go see the movie Waiting for Superman if you want to see what we're talking about. Yeah, or be a student. 
<laughs> that that too. But because uh, like count on two hands, your the best teachers you ever had. Oh, you have six extra fingers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Peter Parker becoming a teacher was a really cool concept. The problem was it was not sustainable because he kept having oh. to leave to be Spider Man. Yeah, that they won't let you do that. Even even in the really bad school uh, systems, they won't let you do that. Yeah, it was all. But but it, you know what it did it did make drama for the book. It created a situation. It actually displaced the like single Peter Parker. How's he gonna make this date when he's Spider Man? Oh no! It's like no. How's he gonna convince the school board not to fire him? Like that too. that's drama. And, like, maybe he's really effective and they don't want to... And you can imagine, like, they're going to... Like, they have a school board meeting where they're going to fire him. <laughs> and all the parents of all these, like, nerdy kids, like, go to the meeting and they're like, you got to keep Professor Parker. Like, that's they a love cool concept. Them. I love that idea. Um, then, he became, then he worked for Horizon Labs, which is a great job for him. Just developing Ooh. technology that's leveraged from his experience being Spider-Man. That's really Little cool. Little Google stand-in. Yeah, evolutionarily, like, relevant jobs. Jobs that, like spin out of the the story and out of the character for me are way easier to swallow than like uh he got he's a uh he's a cab driver like uh he uh you know he's a travel agent like i don't know and and peter changing and having as many jobs as he does i think is a nice representation of real life where one person will work several jobs in their lifetime it's getting rarer and rarer that you get one job and stick with it for the rest of your life it's true and even then like being a photographer is not sustainable, unfortunately. For like a thirty-year-old, um, they they did that. I remember like there was an old Wizard article that was like, "Can you be a photographer in New York and pay rent?" Probably not. The answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I've always loved the idea of, like, heroes not being able to pay their bills. I know we joked about this once a long time ago. Hal Jordan has, like, a test pilot, but he keeps living and going back to space. Like, who's paying his bills while he's out in space? Yeah, like, where's his apartment? But who? <laughs> it must be rent-controlled. It's gotta be. Um, let's see, more iconic ones? I mean, like, it seems like, it seems like the jobs are typically secondary to the character. You know, like, they're like, I have a really cool costume. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, I have a really cool idea for this guy. Like, but then they don't really go any further with it. Like, they uh, just Flash go, as a CSI, that's a good one. That is a good one. To uh, solve the murder of his mother, he can also do the job really good thanks to his power. So he's uniquely suited for it. And because he's so fast, he can balance both a work job and a superhero gig. It's true. It's true. No, I like that idea. Um, and it's it's often like pushed by the wayside. Like I don't normally jump to that conclusion, but like yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman was an ambassador for a little bit, and then she also gets by on, like, being royalty, which I think Black Panther and Aquaman also do. What's your job? Yeah, we're royalty. Yeah, uh, somebody's paying my bill. I don't know who. It's, it's <laughs> part, it, it, there, but there's a law about it, I'm sure. I work for the people. <laughs> the people. Dude, that's another one. We could do, like, supervillain day jobs. What's Bane? Ah, you know, super mercenary, hitman, like, cartel enforcer. I think most of them are. Most, like, any of any supervillain that's not working is going to be, like, a mercenary. That's true. You got your evil CEOs here and there. You're mad scientists. You can break your villain jobs down into a couple subcategories. It's true. It's true. It, it's rare you'll find, like, an evil villain that also, like, is a teacher. Um, yeah. Getting artsy with a lobster says, wouldn't stay-at-home parents count? Some count on it. That's true. Yeah, it's true. 
Like, uh, again, because we're thinking of this now. There has been some evil teachers. The Jackal. Yeah. The Lizard. They were the all lizard. teachers. Yeah. All, and, and most of them are, are, are Peter Parker villains. Like, <laughs> his newspaper That's publisher true. is, like, the editor-in-chief of the Daily Bugle was, his, was one of his greatest villains. Yeah, um, that's right. Billionaire tycoon, you know, Norman Osborn. Uh, lots of evil politicians and evil CEOs as well. Yeah, most of them are, like, disgraced people from a profession that, like, jilted them or hurt them. Uh, Mysterio, you know, dude, uh, I want to say he's a special effects man. I keep forgetting. I keep thinking he's, like, a like a director, but he's, oh, no, he's a special effects guy. I, I think he's been both. Like, you know, he was a special effects wizard. Hell, Beck's been dead for so long now. But he's also back. Beck is dead or not. It doesn't, like, you never know. Because we that, never know who's in the costume. There was a Mysterion running around for a little bit, then they just straight up never explained who Mysterion was. No. I remember uh, when Kevin Smith wrote that Spider-Man Black Hat book, he made his terrible villain Mr. Brownstone who was a drug dealer ah. into Mysterio and then no one wanted to do that and so that was that <laughs> so they just didn't uh, where are some other fun ones oh uh, Lex Luthor was president for a little bit that was his job that's true that's true uh, somebody mentioned about the X-Men uh, that you know they, and how they're freeloaders it's true but Scott Summers was an accountant yes and uh, didn't Iceman have a job too I think yeah. he did I think he did. I think it was a boring one, too. So, like, it was something. Like, it was a mundane gig. I, I mean, I guess they most of the, like, main teachers would get, uh, like, checks for that. I, but then again, you also have, like, Professor X, who is independently wealthy. He comes right. from, like, old money. So that's what he's paying them out of. Is that what it is? Like, I mean, like, I know that's what it is. That's what like, I always did assume. Did they even bother to explain Professor X? It was just kind of like, and he has this estate. And you just have to assume that he, like, sound investments really, like, help pay for the mansion. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he lives in a mansion, and I'm sure he can play the fuck out of the stock market <laughs> using his psychic powers. Oh, my God. So he's just a real bad, like, so, like, there's any insight into Professor X you get, just further and further damn him as a person. <laughs> He, he, he keeps winning the lottery because he gets someone to use their telekinetic powers to make the balls come out the way he wants mm -hmm. them to. Oh, look at that. We're good. <laughs> hey, everyone. We can pay the rent and get another gold toilet. <laughs> Looks like the danger room's getting another wing in the mansion. <laughs> um. We just never see that, that he's just, you know, playing Wall Street, playing the lottery, just fixing horse races, just doing everything. I mean, he doesn't even need to do that. He could just convince people to put money into his account. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The repo guys show up and it's like, oh, I didn't think you were supposed to be here today. Forget everything. I'm totally paid up now yeah. and forever. In fact, give me your wallets. Right? He's just a thief. Uh, <laughs> Dark Knight reminded me about all the failed psychiatrists that exist, like Scarecrow mm. and Harley Quinn and Hugo Strange. Um, yeah, most of them are like anyone who's ever worked at Arkham. I mean, look at uh, what's it? yeah, it's true. Look, well, look at uh, the new Spider-Man Homecoming. Vulture's job, that Vulture. The other Vulture is just an old son of a bitch who didn't invest in his future, who then decided to start robbing people. But like, movie Vulture is like a construction guy, a demolition yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, a lot of cool, a lot of cool jobs, or at least uh, it's cool that there are a lot of jobs. I do, my question is, does having a job make these superheroes more relatable, or do you even give a shit at this point? I think a good writer can make it relatable, and a good writer can make you care because their day job feeds into their superhero job and vice versa. I agree, because like when I just want to read a, a pure, simple, thoughtless superhero story, I really don't care about all the drama and all like the, the job stuff. 
But when it's done right or when it's essential to the character, then I have to know what's going on. Like, I'm kind of disappointed there's not a lot of references to the Daily Planet right now in any Superman book. Yeah. Even though, like, it was kind of important and it's and, and, and it should be again. Um, nothing really going on with the Daily Planet. Uh, I am really excited about the future of Peter Parker, given that they were implying that his new job will be tied directly with the Daily Bugle. Which is an idea I had in our let's redo the Marvel Universe thing. So somebody's listening to the Elseworlds right? Exchange I hope so. I Man, and I am so on board for like the last thing that, that Peter Parker bought and it was like an off the books kind of like secret purchase was mm. the Daily Bugle. And it's like, technically, I own it. Like, so my future is, t- like my financial future is tied with its financial future. He, he met Robbie in a back room and said, okay, here's here's the money, but don't put my name on the lease. Yeah, because Jonah will kill himself. Yeah, he will literally, will be at the fact chance, like, what's that thud? And you see him just hanging from the ceiling. I mean, there's no way that J. Jonah Jameson will, will stay there. His heart will explode yeah. if he gets that news. If he has one. I can imagine them making J. Jonah Jameson go back to being the publisher of the daily bugle or the the editor-in-chief of the daily bugle and then peter parker being like i'm technically your boss you technically work for me like yes he lost parker industries but like that's a company over there he could have purchased like like when bruce wayne bought uh, the daily planet yeah which he did yes uh, dark knight he did own the daily planet um it's referenced in hush and i think like that's kind of it that's the yeah, that's the only time I can remember them mentioning it. I think he did it only to like keep uh, Lex Luthor from buying it or something. Oh, here's a fun one: Ant Man, professional thief before becoming a hero. That's interesting. A guy whose career isn't necessarily heroic. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's not like he keeps stealing or anything. No, but, he but did. maybe he rests his laurels on the er- the the uh, you know the errant ways of his past. Same, uh, same with Plastic Man, too. Yet another reformed thief and criminal. Yeah, Hawkeye, reformed criminal. I mean, well, we talked about reformed criminals before, but, uh, but thieves in general. Thieves specifically. People who made their money off of the hard work of other people. Yeah, are there right. any hacker superheroes? Oh, there's gotta be. Uh, that aren't literally just like they can turn themselves into code. Uh, Prowler, he was another thief. That's right, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Where's the, where's all the superhero second story guys? You know, I work on your house during the day, cut a key, and then come back and help myself. I'd like to see uh, more... Oh, uh, Microchip, Tim Drake, there you go. Yeah, I'd like to see more tech-based superheroes. Superheroes mm-hmm. who are like, you know, like, my job is I run a website. Like, or, or you know... Oracle, there was a pretty strong Oracle, one. Yeah, but like, you know, like, uh, like, I know about, like, people who are, like, website managers, where it's like, they get a ping when there's something wrong with the website, or they need to do an update, and it's like... That's easy enough. Like you're superheroing, you get a ping on your phone, you're like, oh crap! Like the this my you know the website that I'm like like my client needs me to update the site or or yeah, change some yeah. code and like so he's like he's got like a Bluetooth going on, he's fighting uh, the like the gargoyle or the gray gargoyle <laughs> and uh, man, there's a guy we haven't seen in forever. And he's talking to the to the server people where he's like, listen, you you promised that you would like have this shit on lockdown. Like what's going on here? Like. Look, look, is an error with the code? Did someone not hit backslash delete? Yeah, I, I mean, like, these are pe- these are jobs that I can also imagine people working in the comic book industry also having, because it's like, it requires you to be at your desk or to be at home and work. 
It's true. Yeah. The chat had another good one there. Rick Jones, who in his last iteration was a professional whistleblower, which you do actually get paid for being a whistleblower. It might take some time, but you get it. Nice. Yeah, I forgot about that. Rick Jones had an interesting career. He was like a musician and mm-hmm. uh, and he was Bucky and <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's had a fuck of a career. Yeah. Yeah, he got really he got he emphasis on the F. Um <laughs> that's fine when the universe is rewritten you'll be back. It's true. Mind Freak reminds us of Squirrel Girls getting a computer science degree. Oh, nice. That's right. She's a student. A lot of professional students out there. Yeah. I, I keep remembering like the Ray from DC, and I keep forgetting what his job was, but he was he was like a young kid who had like a job. Yeah, twelve <laughs> year old uh, Billy Bats in there worked as a newsboy back in the day when you could do that. Oh, like with the uh, like with the newspaper, where he's like extra, extra, read all about it. Yeah, that's... yeah, he was one of those kids. <laughs> he, he was a newsie. Him and the whole newsboy legion. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of old timey jobs that I'm sure had to go away because of that. Because it's like, yeah, you can't you literally can't do that anymore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Any super well, Uber drivers, Master Rants reminds me of. Oh, yeah, that's man. That's a great idea, too. That's a great gig because you can be anywhere at any time and no one's going to hassle you. And you can pick up a fare no matter where you go because that's your thing. It's like, boom, I beat up the vulture. Okay, time to pick up a fare. Yeah, exactly. Where am I? What 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 what, read, what, uh, what borough am I in? Is this a good is this a high traffic borough? It's true. That's that's an excellent job for a hero, actually. And again, imagine all the interesting people you would meet in your Uber. It would be straight up like a taxi cab confessions where it's like a bunch of henchmen get in and go, OK, are we ready? Are we ready for the big job tonight? <laughs> and, and hey, don't, don't think henchmen wouldn't be dumb enough to talk about what horrible shit they're going to be doing in the back of their Uber. That happens way more than you think. Oh, yeah. That well, that I mean, like Mark Spector or whatever. Uh, is it Stephen Grant? Which one? Which version? There's a third one. Uh, Grant is the millionaire. Yeah, and Spectre I, is the uh, is the is the Merc. Right, There's another I for, one. That's I forget cabbie. who the cabbie was. But that one, that Moon Knight character, is the Uber. Like you got to change it. Now he's a now he's a uh, what's it called? Now he's an Uber driver. Now he's an Uber driver. Well, you, you got it, and, and like he feels bad about it. It's like mm, you know, I miss the old timey feel of the cabbie, but you got to change with modern times. Exactly. Uh, was... Let's see what what was his name. Jake Ghost Rider Uber Driver. There you go. Lockley was the yeah, cabbie. Lockley the Uber Driver. I'm down. I think that's a great idea. That's a picture. That Fat Snorlax had a genius one. Why Why isn't Ghost Rider an Uber Driver? <laughs> <laughs> You'll yeah. get you there. Yeah. Just pulls up in a flaming car. Oh, he's the only one in the area, and he's got a good star rating, so I, I guess we got to go into the Hellmobile. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The young Ghost Rider, the new one, where he's in, he, has, he actually has a car. I was thinking of the bike. Where it's like, I'm not getting on that. <laughs> hey, that too. Hey, anything he drives turns into a Hellmobile. Yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of the new Ghost Rider, did you see uh, Felipe Smith, the guy who like spearheaded the Robbie Reyes thing? He's got a new indie comic now called Death Metal Cop. And the main cop in that is literally just an older Robbie Reyes. <sighs> okay. It's it's like uh it's like Peter David with Faith or whatever where it's like look you didn't let me keep going with my Supergirl so I'm gonna basically say they're the same but they're not. Fine. They are legally close. That sucks. <laughs> That's a shame. Love Felipe Smith. Love his artwork. He's another dude who drew and wrote. Love his shit. I wish Robbie could have gone on a little longer. You could tell they took a lot of control away from him in that second run. Yeah. I mean, I hope there's justice for Robbie, but I also really prefer Johnny Blaze or Danny Ketch. 
Really? Wow, you prefer Catch over him, jeez. I did. Well, I like the look of Catch. I mean, I don't care. I mean, like, either one of them sucks. Like, all Ghost Riders are, like, boring. I just want them to look cool and do cool things. Um, I really got to go back and reread the Jason Aaron run, though, because I, as yeah. I understand it, it was pretty... Is pretty choice. I mean, I mean, it was Aaron. He turned into a full horror show, which was great. He made he made Jack o' Lantern slightly threatening. Oh wow, that's hard to do. That's a hell of a thing. Like they freaking go to uh, what is it? They freaking go to Ichabob Crane's hometown, and they have a whole story there where like Ghost Riders got to fight Jack o' Lantern. Nice. Oh, I was thinking about uh, what about Faith? She has she's a she works for like a blog, she's like for BuzzFeed, basically. There you go. There you go. Like another, by the way, news. But updated, like uh, John John Constantine, professional magician and occultist. Yeah, professional bastard. Where where does he advertise? Do you find him on the internet? Does he have like a Does he have like a friggin' key like a post? Yeah, like a LinkedIn profile. Like, John Constantine, Birmingham, England. <laughs> I think the only way that you can summon John Constantine is through like an old newspaper that's like in a phone booth somewhere. Like, <laughs> it's, you'd have to like you'd have to have sinned recently in order to read it. Like some ridiculous thing. You, you gotta kill a goat over the newspaper to summon him. Yeah, <laughs> and even then, like, you're, there's only like a twenty percent chance he'll show up. You, you gotta meet him at the crossroads at midnight. You gotta put a pack of smokes down, yeah. and he'll show up. All right, all right. What do you want? Like, uh... <laughs> Look, you got as much time as it takes me to smoke these cigarettes, and that's not very long. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a professional smoke, cigarette smoker. He basically is mean... a shill for the tobacco industry. <laughs> Yeah, tell me about it. I'm surprised Marlboro or like John Players or any of those other companies haven't stepped in and be like, look, we re- we really like this Constantine guy. We we have some ideas for him. They're like, no, he he's he has lung cancer. Yes, comic fan. I know John Constantine's from Liverpool. I was making a joke about LinkedIn. <laughs> I, I mean, mercenary. That's a popular gig. Deadpool. Well, we talked about how it's like that's Destro. really all you can do when you're, especially if you're a villain or if you're like if you an anti hero. No yeah. Uh, yeah, Dead Man uh, was a stunt cyclist, basically. He was, yeah. That's that, that's a pretty good gig. I always enjoy professional saboteur, like Ink from uh, Batman Beyond, or like the Ghost from Iron Man. I love where it's like, yeah, I'm I'm a corporate sabotage guy. I'm a corporate espionage dude. You hire me, I'll go fuck up your competition. It's true. It's true. Yeah, Ghost. Saw him in the Spider-Man book recently. Yeah, that's right. He 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 moves around. Yeah. Well, he's, like he's a he cool is. design. He is a cool. That's really it. He's a cool design. Taskmaster. His job is he trains people to be supervillains. Which is actually a pretty excellent gig. If we ever do part two of our pitch the Marvel universe, I have a Taskmaster pitch. All right, I'm down. I like that. All right, we'll have to do that. Um, well, there you have it, everybody. That was like that, that. That's it. That's our that's our superhero jobs show. We just wanted to t- like cover a couple of them. Um, are there any that like really reflect who the character is, or or do we have time for that? Uh, Hawkman's like an archaeologist, which makes sense because like his own history is all messed up and needs to be discovered. They're really hitting that home now in metal. Yeah, yeah, oh, big time. Yeah, Sam Anderson just reminded us: Will there ever? When will there be a character that's a video editor? Oh man, yeah. Tell me about it. that's basically what we do the bulk of. Where's where's our representation? <laughs> right. Where are the YouTube superheroes? I don't know. That's I'm surprised there is not a YouTube superhero. We 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 might need to kickstart this, Sal. You and I might need to write this guy who is video producer by day, superhero by night. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. He beat he beats people up, and that's like, oh god, I got a shitty comment on my newest video. Oh god, YouTube changed their algorithm again. Fuck, I'm gonna oh, take no. it out on you. This one of my videos is going viral, and I I can't be there to do a live stream because I gotta fight my my arch nemesis. 
Exactly. It's just like, you know, a, a, a lot of like real, like real low impact problems he's got to deal with. Yeah. But they're huge to him. Yeah. He's like, oh my God, this is huge. Trust and like me. he tries telling it to other superheroes who have like day jobs as like cops and CEOs and everything. They're like, I don't, I, I don't see the problem, kid. I, I, I wish I had your problems. Exactly. And he's like, yeah, well, it, it, everyone has a hard time when it's there. So whatever. <laughs> And then you get some of the older guys being like, well, we want to be on the YouTube now and get our brand out there. Can, can you help us? And he's like trying to help the Batman Superman stand in understand the Internet. Exactly. Miss Melody reminded me that, yes, there's the Danica character in uh, Spider-Man. But she, yeah. Who I guarantee will be a superhero or die. She's either going to become a character or she'll die. Those are the two options she has. Uh, she has by the way, Danica, named after Comic Book Girl 19, good for them. <laughs> good for Hey, one day there'll be a Joel and a Sal that will show up. One day, I uh, yeah, one one day. We'll see. There's, I'm, I'll just get one day. I, I guarantee there will be like a Sal character in Metal who's just like sliced up the middle. <laughs> Scott Snyder's like, you made fun of every book I've ever written that I have any integrity that I love in in some major way. <laughs> Why do you hate me so much? You spend an hour deconstructing Zero Year, you dick. I just want to tell cool stories with blimps. Joel gets the love of blimps. <laughs> so what if I want to tell a story about a about like a if I want to open my story with a boring history lesson about a place you'll never be? Like, leave me alone. It's called a narrative device, you bastard. <laughs> actually i'm pretty sure snyder was actually a teacher before he became a writer he wrote he taught english that makes sense that's that's his gig and a lot of the people writing for him were like legit his students like tyne and bennett i think were actually in his classes yeah uh well that's something that both of us have in common there you have it yeah, there you go. That's that, that's the thing. You, you are alternate universe. Scott Snyder is the thing. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you're a crack mirrored version from the dark universe. Yeah, that's why I'm so so drawn to his work. You see, <laughs> that's why. But uh, there you have it, everybody. We'll see you guys next week with another episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. Uh, hey, Joel, what's happening, man? Uh, well, if you head on over to my channel right now, uh, Matt and I sat down and we did a comic multiverse commentary for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So, you know, almost two hours of just enjoyment and jokes and fun times. And uh, so if you if you want to put something on in the background and just chill out, just come watch the movie with us. It's a good time. Awesome. Uh, we are going to be, by the way, over at Fan Expo Canada. Is that what we can talk about? We can. Yes, I think we can. The two of us are going to be there. So if you are Canadian and you like the show and you like the two of us and you're going to be at Fan Expo Toronto yes. uh, at the end of the month, you should come on out and hang out with us. We'll look forward to seeing you there. It's the 31st to the 3rd or the 4th? Uh, the 3rd. Okay, 31st to the 3rd. Yeah, we'll be there in Toronto. Come hang out and say hey and everything. They got all sorts of fun stuff there. I'm going to actually try and be like on my social media game this year and i'm actually going for the whole week like i years past i've just popped in and had people like oh i missed you i couldn't find you yeah oh man yeah no we'll, we'll what we'll do is we'll set up like a meet a meeting type area if, yeah if enough cool. if there's enough demand in the uh in the fabled canadas I, I think there is. I, I get picked out a fair amount while hanging out there. I think I think we'll be good. And because, you know, we'll both be able to, like, you know, uh, run interference on this one, I'm sure we'll be able to fill a, yeah, fill a meetup, I'm I sure. so. That'd be great. Yeah, it would um, be nice. Yeah. A lot of people from the, from different play regions are like, come on, come to Canada or come for, or come to Australia or come to the UK. I want to, man. We'll, uh, we would like to do that. You got to work it out. Like, we, we, we would like to go. 
I can't justify just going to the UK for no like just because I want to go. So as much as out. I'd love to, we need to work out some kind of an appearance or something like that. If like if a con, if a big con wanted us to be there, we go there. Um, you know, I would go to C two E two. I almost went, but I was discouraged by my colleagues. So we'll have to go another. So I'll work it out. Hopefully we'll uh, hopefully we'll make C two E two work out sometime. Yeah, but, but plus uh, I've always heard Chicago is scary. It is scary. I have a friend who lives there, so I'll just uh, I'll just hit her up. There you go. But uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for hanging out with us, everybody. We'll see you guys next time with an all new episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. So long, everybody. Bye. <laughs>